Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Today's opening tip, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson playing rock, paper, scissors. This is to see who would be the one who would speak to fans as they honored Andre Iguodala. Nick, you cover this team. Maybe this is how they decide everything? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Everybody was cracking up all over the bench. This is the culture that's been created there, and this is why it's worked for so long. <laughs> Two good options there. I mean, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, by the way, is how... Everything gets decided no in my house among my twins. It's just like, yeah, y'all, you're going to either arm wrestle for it or rock, paper, scissors. What's your go-to rock, paper, scissors move? Rock. Scissors. Mm, see? Nick, you'd have the edge. There we go. Welcome to the jump. I'm Rachel Nichols. Today I am joined by our resident head coach, Mr. David Fisdale on the end there, and our Warriors insider, Nick Fidel. Good to have you both back. Coming up, Jimmy Butler... Left a comment on Joel Embiid's Instagram that has rumors swirling. George Sedato is going to join us to discuss Jimmy's social media recruiting later in the show. First, though, the Raptors won again last night their 15th straight, which is currently both the most ho-hum and the most extraordinary sentence in basketball. It's ho-hum because the Raptors winning appears to be just a part of our regular NBA life now. The sun comes up, the kids go to school... Toronto wins a basketball game. But it is also extraordinary, especially considering all that's happened to this team along the way. The other night, for example, Kyle Lowry was knocked out with whiplash. I didn't even know it was possible to get whiplash in an NBA game, but Lowry's head met Serge Ibaka's body in a way that one's head should not meet a 7-foot-tall, 240-pound human. And there you go. It was the second injury for Lowry this season, which puts him in good company since Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Fred VanVleet, and Norm Powell have all also missed double-digit games with injuries. And then, of course, there's the guy who's missed all the Raptors games this season because he um, <clears throat> um, doesn't play for Toronto anymore. Usually teams who lose a finals MVP fall apart after. But the Raptors situation is different in that, one, they were already a deep team before Kawhi Leonard showed up. And two, because Kawhi was only there a year, management never really got the chance to customize the roster to him. So while leaving may have punched a hole in the team fabric, it didn't pull out all the other threads around him. And those threads are really, really good. Lowry is playing with a confidence and comfort that makes you feel he could run the floor with a blindfold on. Siakam, who was already named most improved player last year, has made such another big leap this season. This coming weekend, he'll be an all-star starter. Nick Nurse is the leader in the clubhouse for Coach of the Year. Serge Ibaka and OG Ananobi are both not only having career seasons, but hey, they're providing the NBA with one of the best fake feuds in all of basketball. It started when the two were taping a fashion segment for Uninterrupted, and OG claimed that Serge had been ripping off his style. I put you on how to dress. You put me on? Yeah. <laughs> you know I did. I put you on Valentino. I put you on a... Uh... Venom jackets. OG. Blitzjago stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Did I put you on scarves? You say you put me in the fashion, then we don't see this. What about we scarves? Done. But what about scarves? OG, I'm telling you, if you say it, but what about scarves? You put me in fashion. But what about scarves? I've been in a scarf game 10 years now. You have it now. Yes. One. And two, OG. I don't dress, man. 
But you saw me in my scarf. OG, I don't dress, OG. I do art. <laughs> I don't dress, OG. I do art. I do art. That is amazing, but not as amazing as these two and their ton of walks at the next game. OG and the Burberry head wrap and Serge Ibaka. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the largest scarf ever created. Um, now, it turns out Serge would actually need that scarf because a few days later, he apparently caught the flu, which is why he missed last night's game against Minnesota. And with Gasol still out, that meant Toronto had no traditional centers to match up against seven-footer Carl Anthony Towns. The Raptors ended up filling the starting center spot with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who told reporters to please note he is six foot five. thank you, without shoes on. And the Wolves, playing their first game with D'Angelo Russell, did come out lively. But the Raptors just don't really do losing anymore. They went on a 24-7 run in the fourth quarter. And there you go. Win number 15. They would celebrate not just on the court, but today, here's how they looked on the plane <laughs> for their next game in Brooklyn. Look at that. Just another ordinary, extraordinary day for the defending champs. Coach, look, they're still a chunk back from the Milwaukee Bucks. That is how right. just dominant Milwaukee continues to be. But after 15 wins in a row, would you say they are the biggest threat? to Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference? I don't know if they're the biggest threat, but I'll tell you what, they are a huge threat. And the reason why is because these guys were all a part of that championship team. And they grew from that. And as you can see, their young players now have all taken a jump Mm -hmm. to fill that void of Kawhi Leonard. So this is a team that's very confident. I think in tough games, they won't get sick at sea. It'll be normal for them. They'll be able to play games down to the wire. They'll have trust built in each other. Because if you also look at the season, they've had some incredible comebacks this year mm-hmm. where they didn't get rattled and they just stayed with it. And the fact that all of those guys have been out multiple games, they've had to rely on different people, which means that they'll have confidence in the playoffs with different guys stepping up at different times. I love what Toronto is doing, and I agree with this. I still may be nuts, but I believe the Sixers can get it together. They have the talent in place to challenge Milwaukee. They have the belief with the superstar guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, if they can make it work, to go right at them. Mm -hmm. And there's no fear within that team once they're playing at a high enough level that they can get there. So I still think it's Philly. I love what Toronto's doing, but their ceiling is as high as anyone's to go knock off the Bucks. Then you still have Miami, who just made incredible additions to their team, a championship coach just like Nick Nurse. And Boston is playing incredible basketball right now. And I think once the playoffs hit, when you talk about the versatility of scoring on that team, there's a lot of threats to Milwaukee. Um, I still think Milwaukee will come out of the East. I just don't know if they could take care of that Western Conference uh, winner. We will certainly see that. We're going to talk more about the Sixers in the later part of the show. Here's one thing that struck me about the Raptors. They are not just the same team that had Kawhi on it once you took Kawhi off of it, right? Like, it's not the team that he came to. I'm right. sorry, that's the better way to say that. Um, look, that was a team that, that choked in the playoffs, right? We saw over and over again. Also ran into LeBron in the playoffs over and over again. Yeah, that didn't help. Um, <laughs> this is a team now that is fifth in the NBA in clutch wins. Absolutely. So when you talk about the growth of those young players and the confidence you get from winning a title, that stuff is real. 
They're just not the same to team that when Kawhi found them. And I think the suffering that Kyle Lowry had went through all of those years and finally getting over that hump, his confidence is at an all-time high now. He has deep belief in himself, and I think his teammates believe in him as well. They're too deep at every single position, and they got incredible versatility at the two, three, and four. So they can match up defensively in a lot of different ways. I would not want to run into Toronto with a, with a championship coach and Nick Nurse leading the way. And I want to move on to the other side of that game last night. It was the debut of D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns pairing the brotherhood, as Carl likes to call it. Despite an impressive 75 points in the first half, the Wolves unable to keep pace with the Raptors for the entire game. And here's what Towns told the Star Tribune about playing with Russell. Quote, that is my brother. I told him I don't know if I'll ever have a teammate that loves him as much as I do, as his back more than I do. I will die for that man, and I know he would do the same for me. Look, we have talked a lot about team chemistry in Minnesota, Nick. You have covered that team. I would not call it a brotherhood for many of the years that you were there. <laughs> so do you think that this kind of friendship can actually translate into wins for the Timberwolves? No. I am all the way out on the Timberwolves, Rach. I don't believe that Carl Anthony Towns is mature enough as a leader to be the face of a team that can contend and grow. Uh, I think that D'Angelo Russell was really solid uh, in my dealings with him in Golden State, but there's a reason why the Warriors traded him. They did not believe that he was a core piece of a possible title contender. They also have a few guys at guard already. They, yeah. they do, but it was, it was his attitude day to day. And in watching Towns through the years, I understand why the Timberwolves made this move. They want to make him happy. But the culture that's been created in Minnesota, especially in the last year or so with Ryan Saunders and Gerson Rosas, everybody's afraid of upsetting Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns was anointed as the guy. He got a max deal. What has he won in the league? Everything has kind of flattened since they said, you're the man. And I think the move to make moving forward, if this doesn't work, and you give it a year or so to see how Russell and Towns work together, the move to make to me is to trade Towns down the line. Oh, man, I have so much to say that. You want to take this first or well, do you want me to? Well, I just think, I do think it was a great move for Minnesota, not just because of the friendship, uh, but, I, but I have seen friendships work. I've seen that bond come together and, and really work from the standpoint of a guy that you're that close to can tell you when you're screwing up yep. and you'll listen to him. So they can go back and forth at each other. But I just think from a positional standpoint, it fits. You know, you got a really uh, talented point guard in Russell, an all-star, and then you got this big-time talent in, in, in Towns. Those two guys are going to be working off of each other, working together. So I do think that it gives them a boost from a win standpoint. But at the same time, does it get them to where they need to be? No. I think they got to fill in some veteran pieces around these young guys that can mentor them, that can lead them when they don't necessarily have the tools to understand how to get the team where they need to go. Nick, if you do trade Carl Anthony Towns in a year or two, you're not getting a better player back. It's not like if you trade him, oh, okay, someone will give you Kevin Durant. So th there's only so many options for any franchise, but right? But you're not going to win with him. To well, have a player of that talent level on your roster – you do, as the coach and the GM, want to try to make it work around him. Let, let me, let's keep it real, though, Nick. 95% of the teams that have a star in the league cater to that star. So let's not make it seem like he's being treated any different than any other star. There are very few cultures in our league that hold every single guy, 1 through 15, on the roster to the same standard. So... 
that's just the reality of our league. So you do have to keep your star happy to a certain extent. Um, I agree with you. You're not going to get that caliber player back. You're going to probably get back picks and pieces. But I think that this was the move to make if you wanted to amplify Carl Anthony Towns and give him a chance to become better and for their team to get better. But, Fizz, here's the counterpoint to that. A lot of stars in the league have won. Towns has never won anything. True. He's always been the guy that everyone said, oh, he can do it. But I think around the league, guys, the word is starting to come out that Towns has a ton of talent, and they're going to rack up a ton of points. But is somebody going to make him play defense all the time? Is somebody going to bring out the mental toughness that you need night after night to be the person that leads the way? Well, that's why I'm interested in in what Fizz said about the accountability of uh, someone who you can look at and who can tell you the truth. And, And look... That's the next move, right? They said, hey, you really wanted this guy so much? We went out and got you this guy. You really want to be held accountable and tell all the rest of the league, don't be sleeping on us? you got to walk the walk. So we will see now. The Warriors, there's a reason they made that move. Because Andrew Wiggins is a better fit than D'Angelo Russell. But they also think that that Timberwolves pick in a year is going to be awesome. Well, that's a great – no, I think they did. I think that's going to be great too, but I do think – Wiggins is a better fit. It is amazing when any two teams make a trade, they're gambling often on each other to fail. (laughs) Coming up, Cam Johnson throwdown last night inspired our staff to cook up some video of top rookie posterizations ever. You are going to want to stick around for this. we got some household names all over the list. First, though, it's time for our distant replay from this date in 2003. I keep saying it. We could make Kobe Bryant the distant replay every single calendar day of the year. He was that amazing, that consistently. Check out this date, one of his most iconic dunks. Aside from Juan Howard. Here he comes. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. That's what you do to little kids at the playground. <laughs> yep, exactly. He's doing that against grown men in an NBA game. Sorry, Brad. The Jump is brought to you by Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Fun guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? <laughs> make, miss. It's a make or miss league, baby. Let's see. Thank you, Kawhi. Make, touch. <laughs> Wolves, Raptors, Kyle Lowry taking a three from the corner. It bounces around the rim. Saying that before. Before dropping. <laughs> Same rim as Kawhi's oh. shot. Maybe the rims are magnetized. What do we think? The softest rims in the league. But they'll take it. <laughs> only right? in the they'll second. Take only it. in the second half of Raptor games are they soft. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of bricks on that rim <laughs> in the first half. <laughs> I just love the players. Like it could go. In. I could will it to go in. It's like a shot in tennis. You're like. Eh. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Miss caution. Jazz Mavs. Boyan Bidanovich in the corner. Puts it through KB's legs just for fun. Then finds Gobert for the slam. I think after that game winner a couple nights ago, he's feeling a little dangerous. A little reckless in his in his approach, but uh, <laughs> that's it, a coach. A coach. I'm like, ooh, that's exciting, and he's like, that's cause, reckless. Cause you, that. you risk getting KP riled up too, you know. But uh, Bogdanovich is playing great for them. Utah is playing great basketball as well. That's like one of those moves that you flipped in the video in the VCR, and you're trying to learn how to dribble through your legs. That has come to life here. <laughs> and there you go. Make encouragement, Nets Pacers. 
All right, so DeAndre is at the line here. He misses his first. Teammates dap him up. And then so does Jeremy Lamb. That's nice. And then DJ made the second. Come on, Rach. And Come Lamb, on. Lamb left him hanging there. He wasn't willing. Oh, he didn't want to shake his hand on no, him. Huh? No, 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 no. So you think the first one was really encouragement? <laughs> Are you implying there would ever be sarcasm in an NBA game? Oh, and Mr. Lamb never. was telling him, "Good, nice job." Nice I miss, job. I miss the '80s and '90s. You never <laughs> see that in a game. <laughs> Come on. Good. The DeAndre just keeping it with him as he walked back. Oh, just letting the him court. know. He's letting him know. It was like pretty great too. <laughs> miss control. Suns Lakers. All right, Kuz driving, looks to pass, gets fouled, and the ball goes in. Sometimes That's how you know it's out. your night. Yes, yes. Sometimes it all works out. He wasn't even like he was like doing the fake shooting to get the foul, and then it really, <laughs> really went in. I watched that thing like five times. I still can't believe that was the result. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's luck. Can we do something about the hair now? Look, all I have to tell you is it's a make or miss league. <laughs> poster staying here in Los Angeles for a Suns highlight. There you go. Oh Early my. Early searcher Michael Schwartz is happy. Cam Johnson packing it in over JaVale in the first quarter. Ooh. Um, This whole rookie class, Nick, is just freaky athletic, right? Let's just have them in the yeah. dunk contest. I mean, a, a rookie class dunk contest. You really could. That will be good because I'm still a little sour that Zion and Ja are not in the dunk contest. I mean, you so go Zion, go. the kid Clark from Memphis. Yes, yes. Uh, ja, yes. Yep. RJ. I mean, you got some guys that can go up and, and get it done. A rising, there is, rise, there is like a, a rising star skills challenge, right? But Who's going to want less of a dunk contest though? Let's do more. Let's do like a dunk contest invitational and then the main one later. How about the, the kid out in New Orleans too? The other kid that they got out there that's real bouncy. Uh, Jackson some, Hayes, right? Yeah. Yep. They got some 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 athletes in there this class. There you go. In fact, there's athletes all over the place. Time to run it back. Here are the top rookie posterizations ever. Number five, Shaq in 93 over Zoe. Yes. Ooh. I remember watching this from my bedroom in, in Orlando, Orlando <laughs> screaming at the television. You have to this was to awesome. Why your bedroom uh, you know Shaq felt good on that one. <laughs> he got grandma hands on that one. Number four, Tatum on LeBron Ooh. in 2018. This was so big for Jason Tatum. Rookie moment right here. Ooh, I would have taken Ooh. every T in that moment. Right? Eastern Conference Finals. Scream at him, jump on him, whatever it takes. You just threw down on LeBron. Number three, C. Webb on Charles Barkley oh. in 93. <laughs> the round mound divided hey, dunked on you. That was a bad celebration by C. Webb because I think Charles came back the next game and gave him like 60. Oh, well, <laughs> that's what rookies have to learn in the NBA. Number two. Humility. Blake Griffin. Oh, boy. I mean, did he just hug him? I found that's what we're gonna call it, Fizz. We're gonna call it hugging. <laughs> the dunk that created a verb. He got Moscow. The dunk that created a verb. And you knew who was gonna be number one here. Vince Carter was doing it when he was a oh, baby. 1999 on Dikembe. He, he caught Deke underneath the rim. Woo! No, no, no. Look at T Mac. No, no, no. <laughs> you got to remember, Vince jumped over a seven-footer in the Olympics. Yes. Cleared him. Okay, yes. so we're talking about the, the elite right there. There you go. Vince Carter, not in the dunk contest again this year. He should be. shed a tear. He okay. should be. <laughs> I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. They pulled off an impressive road win against the Pacers last night. Spencer Dinwiddie led the way 21 points, including this game winner. 3.8 left on the clock. Dinwiddie has performed at an all-star caliber level this season without Kyrie and KD. So, Coach Fizz, should the East fear 
now that we got Kyrie in the lineup more often than not. That's just how I'm going to say it. Um, the one thing about the, the Eastern Nets, Conference is, is maybe the East isn't as much of a talented conference as the West, but they're tough. So fear I would not use as an answer, you know, according to those other teams. They'll respect them, but they're going to really test them and see how much they're going to trust each other. They're going to see how healthy are they. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on paper, the Nets should be right in the mix with being a contender. Dinwiddie is a hell of a player, and his story is unbelievable, given he was in the G League just a few years ago. But this is all dependent on Kevin and Kyrie being healthy. Right. Well, Kevin has said, I am not coming back till next year. I know people see the workout video. He has reiterated. smart. Right? Absolutely. Not create any kind of pressure or expectation. No doubt about it. So that lineup we're really talking about a year later. That's a dangerous lineup. Kyrie has been in and out. Um, I believe from this latest injury he's supposed to be back soon. But, again, we have to just sort of How many times have we said that, though? I'm just saying. Like, word for word, literally. Positive. (laughs) And that lineup is probably their closing lineup. I think if they have a stretch four in there that mm-hmm. they mix in and bring Dinwiddie off the bench just to keep that balance, yep. then they're really dangerous. Yep, we will, we'll have plenty of time to find out. All right, coming up, Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler had a very interesting exchange on social media last night. We're going to break that down, discuss if we could ever see Butler and Embiid playing together again, maybe in a heat uniform. George Sedano is going to discuss with us. Smoking like hickory barbecue. On fire like mango habanero. Woo! Heating up like Louisiana rub. Butter like garlic parmesan. Um, what are you doing? I'm the senior flavor commentator. Aren't you supposed to be working on the next segment? I am working. He does it! The crowd goes atomic. They love the flavor. The crossover back for a seventh year tomorrow and Thursday on ESPN and the app. Once again, we're pairing college analysts with NBA analysts for twice the basketball breakdowns. And we now welcome to our show, NBA reporter and host of the George Sedano Show. Hey, it's George Sedano. Hey, That's George. a very clever naming of the show. You, you know, know? I, I didn't come up with it. Someone else had to. Can't fool everyone. Yeah. Um, I think we have just the right topic for you to kick things off. Joel Embiid mm. appeared to have shushed the crowd in Philly on Sunday after hitting a three-pointer against the Bulls. Remember, they had been booing him earlier in that game. Afterward, Embiid said, no, 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 he was frustrated with himself, not the crowd. I don't know if anyone bought it. So last night, Embiid posted a photo of his shh with a caption, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. <laughs> and if that wasn't spicy enough, his former teammate, Jimmy Butler, who resides in, oh, I don't know, Miami now, replied, quote, I know a place where villains are welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To which Embiid responded, damn right, my brother. And finally, Embiid took to Twitter for a little damage control, quote, made for this. If I can take it, then you can too. Philly tough, all love. There you go. Fizz, you spent nine years as part of the Heat coaching staff. Do you think Pat Riley and Jimmy Spol- and, and Eric Spolstra are in favor of Jimmy recruiting Joel Embiid? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I almost cursed on this on air. Yeah, absolutely he is. Now, I don't know how happy Adam Silver is with him doing that underlying recruitment, but uh, at the end of the day, I know that he would love to have a guy like that. Who wouldn't? It is mental warfare, Rachel. Um, that's basically what this is. And, yeah, Pat and Spo are sitting back going, hmm. 
hmm, this is interesting, and this man knows. So I do think it's funny. I was listening to Keith Pompeo, the Philadelphia Inquirer. He's got a podcast for the Sixers, and he's covered the Sixers for a really, really long time. And he said... Jimmy's in the organization's head right now. Jimmy knows exactly what he's doing, that he controls both locker rooms. He's controlling the Heat locker room and the Sixers locker room right now. That's amazing. And for anecdotal evidence, late last night in San Francisco, Jimmy is walking over to the shower going, ha, 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 the villain, the villain is here. So he knew exactly what he was doing. He's got a close relationship with Joel, and I'm sure they'd love to, to be together again, but... There are a lot of different dominoes that would have to fall. And I do agree with Joel. It goes both ways. Fans to players, players back to fans. You got to be able to take it to fans when you got to shut your mouth a little bit. <laughs> well, especially that town, right? Yeah. That, that town, town is willing to. They gave it to Santa Claus. Let's right. not forget that. Oh, man. I've seen them rip apart some of the greats. So, you know, if a guy gives it a little bit back to them, they can take it. So, I mean, look, for sure. Both Joel and Jimmy have told me we text every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are super, super close, close still. Yeah. And when the teams played each other, was it about a week? ago the heat won by 30 i mean might have been jimmy's best game of the year yeah 38 points there were some conversations in three quarters by the way and the heat were here in los angeles after that and talking to a couple players around the locker room they said man we were just like the the sixers didn't want it like here we were we were about to have this eastern conference showdown the sixers didn't want it which i think is a feeling some fans have felt and players obviously frustrated too i want to run back a quote from sixers gm elton brand this is from friday right after the trade deadline take a listen i believe in this group we have the best record at home in the nba and i think i know we're more of that team than what we've seen recently i believe in this group but make no mistake we're disappointed in how we've played lately we're disappointed, and we all have to work to fix that. So I thought his comments were particularly interesting because he's coming out after the trade deadline, and they did end, add some bench shooting, so mm-hmm. they did tinker it a little bit. But he's basically saying we can do better with this personnel. Absolutely. So do you think the Sixers' problems are fixable beyond any personnel X and O issues? It's not personnel, it's personalities. Hmm. And I really believe when those two pillars, Ben and MB really decide to say, I'm going to give up a part of myself to make you better. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only way it's going to work is when both of them decide that they're going to just give up a little piece of themselves to help the group, to help that next guy, that's when they'll take off. But they got the talent. I don't want to hear about that they don't fit. That's crap because Joel Embiid can pick and pop and do a lot of different things while Ben Simmons is on the floor making plays. So I just think it's personality. Do you feel bad for Brett Brown? Because he's the one who's really been taking a lot of heat recently. Well, you always feel, as a coach, I always empathize. And Brett is one of the better coaches in this league. People don't understand. This guy is a motivator. He's a tactician. Um, And now he's having to glue together, you know, these stars and these different pieces. And um, I think Brett is the guy for the job. He's the one that can get them over the hump. But it's a battle when you're talking about people. You're not just talking about a, a strategy or X's and O's. You're talking about personalities and people and trying to get them to understand how they help each other and how that's also going to help themselves. See, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's personalities clearly at times can conflict, right? We've seen that. But I do think it's personnel. And I think that Elton Brand maybe tried to correct that. And, yes, he's right. They have a great home record. But they have the worst home uh, road record of any of the current playoff teams at the moment. And that's not a good sign for them. So they need to be able to win on the road, especially where they're seated currently, to be able to move on in the playoffs. They built a team that was built to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. And they did a nice job of that on Christmas. The problem yeah, is you got to get there, right. right? And some of these other teams have been able to feast on them, particularly on the road. That's the soundbite of a GM who's feeling a lot of heat. 
who feels like he put the pieces in place and they're not living up to their end of the bargain. But to follow up on what Fizz is saying, I like Brett Brown a lot, but we're going to find out how much his message is still resonating over these next few months because this is his last stand. Yeah. If he doesn't get it done now, he's gone. Somebody else is going to come in and they're going to have to move a couple pieces on that roster and, and somebody else will try to put their system in place. Well, I know how the coaching fraternity is, so I knew I knew which way Fizz was leaning. No, and but I there's just, a lot of pressure out there. It, it's always going to be pressure on the job. But if there's a coach that can get it done, knowing his personality, his resilience, Brett Brown is that guy. He suffered through all of those losses mm-hmm. early on in that process to get them to where they are now, not to just watch it crumble. He is going to step up. He's going to do his part in contributing. But at the end of the day, those are two grown men that have to figure out how important is it for you to win. Mm-hmm. And they have to make that decision for themselves if they want it. To right. I want to sw- switch here and talk about the Lakers just before we get out of this segment because Rajan Rondo scored 23 points, dished out six assists. He was also a plus 22 for the game. I told you. And, George, there's been a lot of talk. You take calls <laughs> on your radio them. station oh, yeah. every day about the Lakers. They need to bring in another ball handler. Do you think Rondo's performance last night will set those fans into a little more comfort that maybe they didn't need another piece to their backcourt? If today's any indication, absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay, so look, the last time we saw Rondo perform like this was against OKC. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of my big point. He and I discussed this a couple days That's ago. Right. And I said, look, the problem is how many games in between before you get a significant performance? And the fact that he's been a net negative player for almost seven seasons now mm-hmm. just shows us that these performances are aberrations at this stage of his career. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a place within the roster or that locker room. He is an important person within the construct of that locker room, uh, both to the young guys and to the veterans. I think that he's a conduit in that sense. But I do think that if you look at his overall performance, the numbers don't lie in this situation. This team is only going as far as LeBron and Anthony Davis take him. They still, to me, need it's another generally piece. generally true of most of these. Absolutely, people. but the, the Lakers are a lot better than I thought. A lot better early on and have carried that over. But in order to win in the postseason, you need your stars to deliver, and you can't rely on a guy like Rondo game after game after game. Maybe he can steal a game. Right. But to me, as, as solid as the Lakers have been and as great as Rondo has been recently, it's still the Clippers. Y'all sleeping on Rondo. You Is guys it playoff are Rondo, at, right? What about playoff at, Rondo? Yeah, you're looking at a veteran player who's going through the regular season. 82 games is a lot for a veteran at that stage in his career. But when it breaks up to where you have a day in between, two days in between, and you're playing the same opponent every night, you're talking about one of the most brilliant basketball minds in the game, and he gets to face you every single game over and over, he's going to figure you out. And he starts to pick you apart. And now you have another coach on that team, another floor general, who really understands how to win in the playoffs. I guarantee you when it starts to ratchet up, Rondo is going to be there to step up. Yeah, no one's denying that he's one of the smartest players in the league. I mean, Dwayne Wade talked about it uh, one time to me. He basically said that outside, you know, him and LeBron and Rondo, like Rondo and LeBron, as far as smart players that he's played with, they're equal or in in the same conversation. But, again, this is about – being able to pull that off. Playoff Rondo was a long time ago now. It, it wasn't Only recent. two years ago. It was, Only right. two years but ago. But Father Time is undefeated, and we've seen that. He went into Portland and dismantled Portland, and he was the reason why they dismantled Portland, one of the greatest backcourts in our league. And here it is. Even then, they were saying, oh, Rondo can't play with these guys. He went in there and tore them apart. He had Boston on the ropes. If he didn't get hurt in that Boston series when he was in Chicago, Rondo was orchestrating that. When you put him against a team where he gets to see him multiple days in a row, 
He's a tactician. He's a chess player. He will pick your, your system apart. He'll figure out what you're trying to do, and he'll tear it down. I'm interested to see if that extends yet another year. I know the Lakers would have been more comfortable if they had also been able to pick up Darren Collison. Oh, yeah. But he has decided to stay retired. All right, George, thanks for stopping Absolutely, by. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, coming up, we are going to discuss the long-term expectations for the Warriors. Are they set up to restart their dynasty after just a one-year hiatus? we got our Warriors expert sitting at the table, so we'll ask him. First, though, here's what the Jump recommends today. Nick Friedel, you have a masterpiece on the ESPN app on ESPN.com. Will you narrate for us? Race, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat are basketball's version of the Spider-Man meme. Jimmy, for the first time in years, feels great about where he's at, and the Heat love him. I want that picture. Yeah, let's do that. It's a special night for Dub Nation. We got one of the greatest warriors in the history of the organization back. I got a dream, and it's all I see. Can't wait to see your jersey in the Raptors one of these days, bro. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank everybody that supported us, supported me. It definitely feels like home every time. I just left, but it feels like home. Really appreciate y'all being loyal. Bay Area fans, my brothers to be back in action. Full throttle next year to wreak havoc on the league for 80 games. Love y'all. That was awesome. I love that. Um, and apparently, Clay lost rock, paper, scissors. The Warriors <laughs> moving D'Lo for Andrew Wiggins, who has the potential to be an exciting piece. Steph Curry, close to being healthy. Eventually, they will get Clay Thompson back, although I spoke to Clay the other day. He said definitely not till next season. Right. Um, do you feel the Warriors are set up for future success, or are you still – do you have mixed pained feelings, Nick Friedel? A lot of mixed pained feelings, Rich. I, I think they're going to be really, really good, but there was a finality to that Wiggins move. And I mean that because when they got Russell, it was kind of like, all right, let's see what happens with Steph and Clay. And they knew pretty early on that they didn't want to keep him long term. But then you're thinking, all right, what are they going to get back in return? And they felt the best move to come back was Wiggins. And, and a large part of that reason is because they think the Timberwolves are going to be terrible and that pick will be very good. But to see Wiggins, who people liked him in Minnesota, but they just couldn't get that motor to go all the time. The question was, how much did he care about winning and getting better? To put him in this culture, it is a huge bet for the Warriors. They believe that the culture they've created will get the best out of him. As somebody who has watched Andrew Wiggins a lot over the years, I have serious doubts because I just think he is the player who he is. And when you push forward and you see that Stephen Clay are now coming back off injuries, and Draymond's going to be a year older. I think the Warriors are going to be a very good team. I just worry if they can get all the way back up here again. I disagree. Hmm. How come? Because I think that he's going to be in his perfect role now. He's not going to be asked to be the one-two punch. He's going to be asked to be that third, fourth guy that can impact the game when maybe one of those other guys aren't rolling that night. And I do think winning culture has an effect on a guy. You're not just asking a regular player. This kid's a talent. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that, that's why he's always part of the discussion. He's a talent. So now you're taking a number one talent and you're putting them around a bunch of champions who are still in the prime of their careers. Think about it. They won a title without KD. So now, and on that team, they didn't have a Wiggins type guy who was even on that team. Yeah, but Wiggins is a go get it. Like he is a scorer, Mm -hmm. right? And so he's not a defender. Yeah, but they'll teach him what he needs to know. And I think that Steve and those guys collectively as a village will elevate his game 
uh, to another level, and I think he's a perfect fit for them. That's different than Russell was. I'm curious about sort of the constant motion of the Golden State offense, and so much of it is, okay, moving here, not giving up on that, okay, making the extra cut here. And as you said, the effort level sometimes we saw from him wasn't wasn't that in Minnesota, but the system might be different. Well, but let me ask you this. How many great examples were showing him how to put forth that effort? How many guys that was playing Jimmy on Butler. the court next to him? Yeah, Jimmy Butler was one. But ultimately, do you have a collection of guys who are saying, dive on that loose ball, chase that guy down, holding him accountable constantly where he has nowhere to run. He can't run to the coach, can't run to the front office, can't run to any teammate. He's always going to run into a brick wall if he's trying to get out. So they're going to keep growing him the right way, and I just think it's the perfect fit for him if he's going to have success. We had Draymond Green on the ABC show on Saturday night, and Tracy McGrady and Richard Jefferson were there, and all they wanted to know from Draymond, they said, are you going to be a little bit more more kid glove with Wiggins than Jimmy Butler did? Because that didn't work out well. We know you, Draymond, so we'll see what the effect is of those yeah, A lot of time it's approach. For sure, absolutely. Those picks are crucial, though. Absolutely. Yes. You've got to hit on those picks. This year coming, the one they have, and that Timberwolves one potentially. They will probably have a very nice high draft pick this year. Up next, the Celtics will have their first look at the small ball Rockets. We will discuss how well they match up. First, though, time for our second distant replay of the day. This one is from this date in 1999. Shout out, Scottie Pippen. Scottie. And the rebound goes to Scottie Pippen. Uh oh. Don't do that, Scottie. <laughs> Come on. Wrong foot, hook shot. <laughs> Look at that. Net. 50 greatest, baby. That's how you make it. Yep. <laughs> NBA All-Star Weekend begins Friday on ESPN in Chicago with the Celebrity Game at 7 Eastern. Michael Wilbon and Stephen A. are coaching, and the Ruffles' four-point line is back, people. Thursday and Friday, the jump will be on the road in Chicago, live from Navy Pier. You can join the audience. You just might catch Dwayne Wade. Trey Young scheduled to appear. Many other special guests who will be swinging by our set. It's crunch time here on The Jump. Luka Doncic practicing today, and he said he is ready to return in Wednesday's game against the Kings. Coach, it's important for Luka to play before the All-Star break. Yeah, I think it'll be good for him just to get his feet wet again, not take that long stretch out and have to try to get his rhythm when everybody's already revving up to make that last push. So, no, I think this is a good thing. Fortunately, he's not going to get taxed in the All-Star game. He'll be fine. Can we try? Can we try some taxing in the All-Star game? I'm just saying, it's not a lot that's going to stretch those ankles. No, no, he'll be cruising in that All-Star. Let's talk about headband Tatum, because headband Tatum is a thing, people. Jason Tatum breaking out the headband versus the Lakers on January 20th and has not lost since 8-0 and and was just named East Player of the Week. Boston lost once in that stretch, but Tatum was not in the lineup. <laughs> Shout out to our producer, Andrew, who, who he's eagle-eyed when it comes to the Celtics. Are you buying the streak? I was trying to figure out who who found that. Um, uh, producer Andrew found it. I, I'm buying the streak because the Celtics are playing incredible <laughs> basketball. And Brad Stevens has got these guys clicking on all cylinders. <laughs> yeah. Keep that headband on. Keep it. Keep it on. The Celtics are in Houston tonight. They will face the new super small all-the-time ball Rockets. Uh, Houston has gone without a starting big for their last three games. It's been mixed results. A win against the Lakers. 
Losses to Utah and Phoenix. I think the Phoenix game where they were without Russell Westbrook. Boston currently has the third-ranked defense in the NBA, Coach. Yeah. So how do you think the Celtics will match up against the small ball Rockets? I mean, they don't have a big primary big either. No, I think the Celtics match up perfect with them. I mean, they got a young kid in Williams who Mm -hmm. plays a small ball center for them who can switch out on different guys. He can also trap. And if Boston really wants to get cute, Kemba, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Hayward, and Brown. You roll that small ball yep. lineup out and say, okay, now guard us. Yep. And I think that they're built, because defensively they have these great habits, they're built to really give Houston some problems. I feel like these two teams are kind of like looking in a mirror at each other. Not in the way they play, but if all the dominoes fell the right way, they could potentially get where they've always wanted to go. But I feel like they're on the outside looking in right now. They're just not ready for that next level of prime time. I'm yeah. interested to see Boston in the playoffs. I, I think They're they going to be good this year, I'm telling you. I think you. things could get interesting there. Yeah, All right, our I league agree. pass game of the night, Blazers at Pelicans. Damian Lillard leading the NBA in scoring since January 1st. I don't know if we have highlights of him or if it's just a big fireball. No, look, the, he can be captured on screen. Look at that. Um, Zion Williamson missed the Pelicans last game with an ankle injury, but he says he will be ready to go tonight. So, Coach, what's the difference for New Orleans with Zion in the lineup? Zion is their nucleus. Everybody else kind of orbits around him, all right? And I think when, when he's not with them, everyone has to be asked to play above their station. And that's really not the best formula for them. They have a, a bona fide go-to guy now in Zion. And no, that's not taking away anything from what Ingram's been doing. But I think Zion is that megastar that you need in the middle of a bunch of talented young guys. I love watching Zion, but I get really nervous. It feels to me like watching early Derrick Rose in the sense that you know you're seeing a transcendent talent. You just worry so much about those knees and can they stay healthy. And so every time I watch, I find myself going, oh, be careful because he's so important to the league. He's so important to that team. If he stays healthy, they're in great shape. You just wonder. He's, he's taking my advice, though. You notice he's hanging on the rim more. <laughs> you want that? Break up that, that fall. Well, I'm curious, Damian Lillard, on a bit of a mission. I mean, obviously has wow. been since the beginning of the season. They had that tough loss with the non-goaltending call in Utah, and I think he is now out to prove even more so. It's not going to come down to one game for them making the playoffs, all of that kind of stuff. So. He, he is on another level right now. I mean, we went to the game right before uh, the, the game after yeah. Kobe passed. And what he did to the Lakers that night, it was like he was robotic about it. It was like a surgeon out there just slicing them up. Every shot looked like it had a chance to go in. Great. Oh, look. It's the buzzer. Two-time WNBA MVP Elena Deladon officially staying in Washington. This is great news for the Mystics. She officially resigned today. Shout out to her and to my hometown team. <laughs> we cannot wait for the 2020 season to tip off in May. We will be back tomorrow. See you then.